putting wealth aside and seeking the highest honor, Buddhahood. First of all, I am very happy for all of you. In this Dharma-ending age, when Shakyamuni Buddha has already passed into Nirvana, and the next Buddha, Maitreya, has not descended into the world yet, we are in the time after the passing of one Buddha and before the coming of the next. Being in this transitional period is one of the eight unfavorable conditions that make it difficult to see a Buddha or hear the Dharma. To have these auspicious causes and conditions that have enabled us to encounter the unsurpassed Dharma, in particular the Pure Land School, and be willing to overcome various difficulties in order to come to this retreat, we must have, in past lifetimes, encountered numerous Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, planted virtuous roots, and cultivated diligently. Had that not been the case, even after coming here you would not have felt at ease reciting the name of the Buddha and cultivating during this retreat. You should all feel very fortunate. Seeking True Wealth the major premise for any Buddhist practitioner is to have the right perspective. If you lack the right perspective, even though you learn the Dharma, you will not be able to reap its true benefits. This is just like not being able to use a compass properly, and hence not being able to reach your destination. You should realize that, as a Buddhist who practices Buddha recitation, you seek to escape the suffering of human life, Unlike ordinary people who only seek wealth, high status, and worldly success. If your only goal is material gain, you could just as well believe in any other teaching. So does this mean that Buddhism is not concerned with any kind of wealth and status? In Buddhism, we seek transcendence, which is true wealth and status. Worldly wealth and status often hinder Buddhist cultivation. Therefore, you should not go near them. It is often said, it is hard to practice the way when one is wealthy and famous. Wealth and fame are two of the five desires. They are like two chains that tightly bind wealthy and famous people, making it very difficult for them to practice the way. Therefore, as long as you are healthy, your life is stable and you do not lack the basic necessities of life, that is good enough. If you lack the basic necessities like food and clothing, you have to figure out a way to get them. Otherwise, it is also very difficult for you to practice the way, because if you lack these basics, your physical body will not be at ease. If your body is suffering, your mind will not be at ease either. If both your body and mind are not at ease, how can you cultivate the way? Being born in these times, particularly on this gem of an island, Taiwan, where everyone's life is secure and prosperous, we do not lack the necessities. We live in such a favorable environment, we should not chase after fame and fortune, for they will only hinder our cultivation of the way and cause trouble for us. Everyone must calm the mind that seeks material gain. Only then can we truly seek the way. In fact, wealth and power make it easy for people to commit transgressions, create negative karma, and become arrogant. Along the way, they may lose sight of the importance of contributing to society. Once people get rich, 
Very few of them do not lose themselves in the pursuit of the five desires. However, wealth, lust, fame, food, and sleep are the five roots of hell. If you lose yourself in the pursuit of them, you will fall into the three lower paths. Therefore, never waste your energy pursuing impermanent worldly gains. What constitutes wealth and status in Buddhism? The wealthiest people are those who cultivate the six paramitas and myriad virtues. The highest status belongs to those who have transcended the two forms of death. What are these two forms of death? They are death by transmigration and death by transformation. Death by transmigration refers to the cyclic rebirths within the six paths of transmigration. As an ordinary person practicing the way, when you attain arhatship, you will liberate yourself from death by transmigration and transcend the three realms. After attaining arhatship, if one generates the Bodhi mind, practices the Bodhisattva path, eliminates ignorance and attains the Dharma body thereby achieving Buddhahood, then one is said to have liberated oneself from death by transformation. When one perfects the cultivation of the Bodhisattva path and attains Buddhahood, one will transcend the two forms of death. For example, Shakyamuni Buddha, Amitabha Buddha, and infinite Buddhas have all transcended the two forms of death. They have achieved real liberation and freedom, thereby gaining the highest honor. How honorable and noble is that? The Buddha is also called the world-honored one. He is honored throughout the universe. He is also called the teacher of heavenly beings and humans. How honorable is that? He is called the world-honored one because, with his great compassion and unmatched wisdom, he is able to save all sentient beings from suffering and lead them to happiness. If we look at the wealthy and famous people in our world, how many of them can do the same? To study Buddhism is to follow in the footsteps of the Buddha. We must strive for supramundane wealth and status. Only then are we true Buddhists. Devote your life to the sincere recitation of the sacred name. To practice the Pure Land Method, first we must possess the three elements of faith, vows, and practice. The commentary on the Amitabha Sutra says, Without faith, we cannot make vows. It is these vows that guide us in our practice. It is this wonderful practice of chanting the Buddha's name that will fulfill our vows and bring our faith to fruition. By participating in this retreat and chanting the Buddha's name, we are engaging in practice. There are four different methods of Buddha recitation. I am only going to mention one kind that everyone can follow. Moreover, it is a wondrous method through which success can be easily attained. Oral recitation. Which Buddha's name do we recite? It is the name of Amitabha Buddha, a magnificent name of infinite virtues. Of course, reciting the names of other Buddhas also yields inconceivable merits. So why did Shakyamuni Buddha, out of all the infinite Buddhas, mention this one Buddha, Amitabha, as the one whose name we should chant and to whom we should prostrate? Because it is said, 
Among the Buddhas of the Ten Directions and the Three Periods of Time, Amitabha Buddha is the greatest. Why is he the greatest? It is because his vows are the greatest. He made forty-eight great vows to deliver all sentient beings. Therefore, we should chant Amitabha Buddha's name and not even think about chanting the name of Medicine Buddha to seek rebirth in the Eastern Pure Land. You should avoid straddling two boats at the same time. The key to chanting the Buddha's name is to focus on one name. All those who solely focus on this practice will be able to go to the Western Pure Land. When we recite the Buddha's name, whether in six or four syllables, we must pronounce each syllable distinctly and clearly. Every chant must come from a reverent and pure mind, and we must hear each syllable distinctly and perceive it in our mind. This is how we chant the Buddha's name, whether we do it once or tens of thousands of times. This is how we do it today, and this is how we will do it tomorrow. This year, next year, year after year, this is the right way to chant the Buddha's name. The most important thing is perseverance. You cannot do it one way today and another way tomorrow. If you do not practice single-mindedly, you cannot be reborn in the Western Pure Land. What a shame that would be. As for whether it is better to chant the four-syllable or six-syllable version of Buddha's name, in reality, they are both the same. It is not the case that six syllables are better than four. The sutras tell us to hold firmly to the name of Amitabha. But why do we add two syllables, Namo? Namo has the meaning of taking refuge and also has the connotation of single-mindedness. The idea is that we must single-mindedly take refuge in and chant the name of Amitabha Buddha. If you want to chant slowly, you can use the six-syllable version. If you prefer to chant fast, it is easier with the four-syllable version. Chanting the Buddha's name is like eating, which we do every day. From the moment we were born, we have had to eat. Up to this day, we still have to eat daily. When will the time come when we do not need to eat anymore? When Yama, the king of hell, comes to get us, it is the same with Buddha recitation. We must chant distinctly and we must chant until Amitabha Buddha comes to receive and guide us to the Western Pure Land. It is not enough to chant for just one or two days, or even for the duration of one or two seven-day retreats. Do not be mistaken. We have to devote our lives to Buddha recitation to perfect the practice. There is no time to rest. It is like an elementary school student continues studying a text. If he reads it only once, he may not fully comprehend it. But if he continues to read it two or three times or even a hundred times, he will eventually know it by heart. He must not give up just because he fails to understand it after reading it once or twice. So when we chant the name of the Buddha, we have to keep chanting until Amitabha Buddha comes to receive us. Only then will this part of our practice come to an end, and we will move on to the next stage. When we are reborn in the Western Pure Land, we do not immediately become Buddhas. Upon our arrival, we, ordinary human beings, 
temporarily dwell in the common residence land shared by sages and ordinary people. Then we move on to the land of expedient liberation, the land adorned with real rewards, and finally the land of perpetual peace and light, at which point we become Buddhas. Why do we chant the name of the Buddha? To become a Buddha. What for? To save sentient beings. Therefore, we have to bring forth the great Bodhi mind when we chant the name of the Buddha. In order to complete the Bodhi path via rebirth in the Western Pure Land, we chant the Buddha's name. Chanting the name of the Buddha without the Bodhi mind is like using a compass that points you in the wrong direction. After you are reborn in the Pure Land, you must return to the Saha world to steer the great vessel of compassion to deliver sentient beings. For how long will you be doing this? Until all sentient beings are saved. Only then will the mission of enlightening self and others be complete. Abandon worldly afflictions and seek enlightenment. When we chant the Buddha's name, what exactly are we chanting? It is said, The mind is Buddha. Buddha is the mind. When our mind is thinking of Amitabha Buddha, Amitabha Buddha is our mind. Amitabha Buddha is in the Western Pure Land of Ultimate Bliss, and this land is also in our mind. Even the whole Dharma realm and the universe are not outside our mind. The universe is boundless, and our mind also pervades the entire universe. What do we mean by the universe? The universe includes space in all directions and time through all ages. In other words, the universe is comprised of both time and space. When we say that the mind embodies the universe, we are actually saying that the original mind of all sentient beings is beyond time and space. It is boundless, limitless, and without beginning or end. Therefore, the mind is not born from causes and conditions, for if it were, it would die according to causes and conditions, in which case it would be unreal. Our true mind, which never arises or ceases, is the pure mind of our original nature. It is also the origin of the Buddha and all sentient beings. Amitabha Buddha has severed all afflictions and will never create negative karma. He is absolutely pure, unconditioned, and truly liberated. He has perfected the virtues of benefiting self and others. In other words, Amitabha Buddha has perfected his wisdom and blessings and has attained the treasure body of the Dharma realm, the original pure mind. In fact, all sentient beings of the Dharma realm possess this pure mind and are all equally capable of attaining the treasure body of the Dharma realm. However, Sentient beings are not very diligent, and they do not take their practice seriously. Therefore, they cannot reveal the original pure mind. Who can they blame? It is due to their own laziness. What more can I say? The Buddha has a pure body adorned with myriad virtues. We, on the other hand, have retribution bodies that create negative karma. The distinction lies in the fact that the Buddha abandoned worldly afflictions for enlightenment and practiced all pure deeds, while we ordinary people do the exact opposite. 
abandoning enlightenment for worldly defilements and drowning in secular afflictions as a result. These defilements are the five desires towards which ordinary sentient beings are most inclined. Wealth, lust, fame, food, and sleep. The five roots of hell. If you want to turn your ordinary, polluted mind into a sagely pure mind, you have to recite the Buddha's name. The reason that ordinary people can so easily kill, steal, engage in sexual misconduct, or commit any other unwholesome deed is because of their habitual tendencies carried over from past lifetimes. If you tell such people not to do these things, they still want to. Now that you are studying Buddhism, you should distance yourself from these unwholesome tendencies and become familiar with practicing pure conduct. Reciting the Buddha's name is reciting your own mind. The mind is Buddha. Buddha is the mind. This means that sentient beings are Buddhas, and vice versa. There is no distinction among the mind, sentient beings, and the Buddha. When we chant the name of the Buddha, we are chanting our own mind, for Amitabha is the Buddha within the mind of sentient beings. That is, Amitabha Buddha is not outside this mind. Therefore, chanting the name of Amitabha Buddha is the same as chanting the Buddha within our original nature. Since this Buddha is the Buddha in our mind, when we chant, we are indeed trying to re-identify with our own mind. Therefore, it is impossible not to get a response. Not only is Amitabha Buddha the Buddha within the mind of sentient beings, but all the Buddhas of the Ten Directions are also within this mind. Sentient beings are like the Buddha's children. This being so, how could he not extend his compassion and lead us home? Our compassionate Father is always hoping that we will quickly return home to the land of ultimate bliss and attain the three virtues of the Buddha, the virtue of Dharma body, the virtue of liberation, and the virtue of prajna. We must not continue to be rebellious and travel on the wrong side of the road. Just listen to the words of the Buddha, generate utmost sincerity, and earnestly chant the name of the Buddha. Chant each syllable distinctly. The chanting must be generated from your mind, delivered through your voice, and received by your ears. This is the only way to stop your wandering thoughts. Otherwise, you chant only with your mouth, but not with your mind. If your mind is busy wandering in all directions, how can you connect with the Buddha? Stocking Provisions for Going to the Western Pure Land the main purpose of this seven-day chanting retreat is to practice. If you have any questions, do not hesitate to ask, but they should be related to cultivation and Buddha recitation. Only then will you benefit from this retreat. If you only seek clarification on terminology but nothing else, this will not help your practice. What is most important and practical for all of us is to recite the Buddha's name and to prostrate to the Buddha. To study Buddhism, you must put the emphasis on practice. If you only dwell on the teachings and neglect practice, even if you understand the principles, you will not be able to attain rebirth in the Western Pure Land. 
Rebirth in the Western Pure Land requires provisions of merits acquired through firmly holding to the name of the Buddha. I hope all of you will not neglect the practice of Buddha recitation. Uphold the Buddha's name at all times to stock your provisions for traveling to the Western Pure Land.